I think that uh, the most important the lies that they feel give is uh, choose the right uh, people to work with. Uh, together you will live great idea and you will, you will surely have success, but nothing is possible alone. And the team, I mean, the sum of the single lens is definitely more than the real sum. So yes. do something together. Welcome to The In Factor, conversations with entrepreneurs who started, stumbled, and succeeded. I'm Rebecca White, and today I am recording in an incubator in Pinta, Italy, in an interesting building that was formerly a monastery and is located near the campus of the University of Salerno. My guest today is Alessia Sijesi, Associate Professor and co-owner of AI Tech SRL. AI Tech is a highly dynamic and innovative company that designs and manufactures artificial intelligence enterprise solutions in the field of smart video analysis for such applications as monitoring vehicle and pedestrian traffic, anti-intrusion and early fire detection, behavioral analysis, and statistical and predictive data analysis. Listen in to learn more about how this team of scientists studies and utilizes the latest AI technologies to provide a wide variety of global customers with visual recognition solutions. Welcome, Alicia. So glad to have you on The In Factor. Hello, it's a pleasure. <laughs> I'm excited to be here. I'm in Pisciano, uh, next to the University of Salerno, yeah. and you're in an incubator here, and you have an amazing company. Uh, it's A1 Tech behind us, and uh, a little bit about, we're going to learn a little bit about you and your company today. So uh, thank you for taking the time to do this. That's really, really a pleasure. <laughs> so um, let's start by learning a little bit more about you. I know a lot of the companies here come from a university research partnership. So I'd like to learn how you got started with A1 Tech and then a little bit more about what A1 Tech does. I know it's a high-tech company, artificial intelligence, and so I'm excited to hear more about what you do. Yeah, thanks, thanks a lot. That's a pleasure to be here with you today and uh, it's a pleasure to introduce you and uh, all our friends, uh, our company, AI Tech. Uh, my name is Alessia and I am an associate professor of uh, the University of Salerno, of the Department of Computer Engineering at the University of Salerno. And uh, together with uh, some colleagues of the university, some years ago, we decided to transfer, to transform our scientific knowledge, our deep knowledge into artificial intelligence, into something ready uh, for the market. That's how our uh, AI tech was born. So AI tech stays for artificial intelligence technologies. Basically what we do is to apply artificial intelligence and in particular the last trend, the latest trend of artificial intelligence, which is deep learning, to the automatic analysis of images 
and videos. Nowadays, we have a huge amount of video surveillance cameras spread on our territory. Well, what we can do is to make such cameras smart. So, to transform such cameras into intelligent sensors, able to automatically understand what it is happening inside the scene, so as to support the human operator in the quite boring task of visualizing this huge amount of surveillance camera. So surveillance cameras and giving them, um, making them smart, intelligently. Yes. Now, um, this is really fascinating. So deep learning is fascinating. And some of our listeners may not know that term and what that means. So could you explain a little bit more about what deep learning is and what that field is doing? Well, basically, uh, it's uh, uh, a branch of artificial intelligence. What we do is somehow to simulate the way in which the human brains uh, work. So we start, we take as an input data our image, and we are able, thanks to some complex mathematical models, to automatically analyze this image so as to extract something of interest. Let me say the presence of a person, the presence of a vehicle, the presence of an animal. Uh, once we are able to automatically identify the fact that inside an image there is a person, there is an animal, there is a vehicle, then we could analyze the movement of such objects to extract somehow their trajectories time by time, and then to analyze their uh, behaviors. Just to give you uh, a couple of examples. Yes. Imagine to have a, a road, mm -hmm. and uh, you need to understand uh, the number of vehicles crossed on this road, so as to understand if there is a congestion, if you need to readjust like the Italian roads. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we need this. That's yes. why you need it here in Italy. Yes. Uh, so if you, there is a congestion somewhere and you need to uh, dynamically uh, change uh, the traffic light uh, in order to uh, avoid uh, the congestion crashes or yeah, uh, all around the city. Uh, but also uh, imagine that uh, you want to automatically understand if there is a vehicle crossing the stopped uh, line while the traffic light is red. So the red traffic Together light violation. Yes, yes. violation. Uh, so the idea is that, uh, okay, a human operator can do it because uh, if I have a surveillance camera, the human operator could watch the camera and then uh, is fully able to understand what it is happening. But uh, this is something long because uh, you should have a human operator in front of the monitor looking for a long time what it is happening. And uh, this is just for a single camera. What about a city where there are hundreds of cameras? 
this becomes impossible. Then at the end, what it typically happens is that in a city, we have a huge amount of different cameras. We just store the data. And if something happens, there is a thief stalling a vehicle, then only in this case, we, we go there and we start watching video by video, time by time. This is boring for the human operator. That could do some more error. There can be more mistakes. Yes, well. it's really prone to errors and uh, often it's a very time consuming task. More expensive. So you cannot do it in often in uh, most of the situations. Uh, so the idea is um, this huge amount of data video data can be generate can be used to generate other data but more meaningful data instead of just having a camera let's automatically extract how many vehicles passed on that road which kind of vehicles there are a lot of trucks there are a lot of motorbikes what about the time, uh, the timing for planning the maintenance of the road? If on that road nothing happens, no truck passes on that road, probably I can do the maintenance after, let's say, three years. If I have thousands of trucks passing on that road per day, probably I need to take some different choice. If I have only some roads of the city uh, with a lot of traffic jams, congestions, probably I could organize the city in a different way uh, by changing the sense, the direction of some roads. But the point is, if I haven't the data for reasoning about that, I just have the video, I cannot use it without uh, data generated from the video, at the end, I do not use them. Is this a similar data to what works, say, on our iPhone, when our iPhone tags people uh, by facial recognition? Like, do you use facial recognition in this as well, or is it more... Uh, well, the technology is the same, artificial intelligence. It's just so a different application. It's a different it. application. If we think, for instance, to the face, uh, what we have the possibility for business intelligence to understand uh, the gender, the age of that person, uh, so as to characterize the customers entering, for instance, in my uh, shopping mall, uh, or uh, also for uh, digital signage, application. Mm -hmm. Imagine to have a monitor and on that monitor you have advertisement contents, always the same contents, independently on the person in front of uh, the monitor. Uh, imagine to also have a camera looking uh, the face of the person in front of the monitor, automatically understanding uh, the type of person. So you can customize. Exactly. Yes. Yes. So if you have a, a, a baby 
maybe that uh, a, a game, maybe that you can show an advertisement of uh, Barbie. Uh, while if you have a baby but a man, you can show some toy cars or something like yes. that. Basically, what you can do is to maximize the efficiency of your advertisement campaign. So is there an application in security as well? So for companies that have security cameras? Yes, we also have applications in security from the traditional application for intrusion detection. Imagine to have an area where it is forbidden, for instance, by night to access, then we are able to automatically detect the presence of uh, a person, you know, to rise the person there, uh, but also for workers' security, with the possibility for instance to uh, automatically understand if that worker uh, is uh, equipped or not with uh, uh, personal protection equipment such as the jacket vest or the safety helmet, so as to protect that workers during the day job, uh, but also for uh, fire safety. Uh, we have also an application for detecting uh, the presence of uh, flame and uh, oh. smoke, yes. just to immediately alert. Call the fire department again. Yes. That's really fascinating. So uh, I heard you say earlier that uh, your company works to make sure that the latest technology is incorporated. So you're, you have a big focus on research and development in the AI space so that your customers are always going to get whatever. And, and it's changing dramatically every day. So there are new things coming every day. So let's, um, there's so much here fascinating to dig into that I'd like to learn about. Um, before we do that, though, I want to talk about you just a little bit. So you mentioned that you're an associate professor. Yes. So um, at, at the University of Salerno, and um, did you anticipate or did you uh, plan to become an entrepreneur? Is that something you thought you would do? And how did this all come together for you to be in this role? Are, are you are you the CEO? Well, I am one of the owners. Co-owners. Yes. yes. So how did this all happen for you? And did you anticipate this? Well, to be honest, at the beginning, I just started my academic career. I started with my PhD. And uh, what it happened was that, uh, well, uh, we are engineers. So uh, even from a scientific point of view, in our research lab, in the media lab, our aim is to see uh, things really working. So um, we like to develop algorithms and then to see something that can be really used for solving real problems right. in the real world. Then we started also with our algorithms uh, some years ago, actually more than 10 years ago, to participate to international competitions. And uh, we saw that, uh, okay, we are good enough. Uh, we won some uh, competitions. We scored uh, at the first uh, uh, places in the competitions about artificial intelligence, uh, detection, tracking, and so on. Come on, 
we are good at the international level in the scientific community. Why don't do the next step? At that time, artificial intelligence, well, uh, something started moving uh, 12 years ago, more or less. And we understood that probably there were really some market for what we worked on. So the thought was, why not? And it also happened in the same period that the roles in Italy changed in the sense that since some years before, it was not so normal for a professor of the university to have a company. Mm -hmm. It seemed two different ways. But at a given time, also in Italy, somebody started thinking that probably innovation can really come from the university. Yes. And it really makes sense that innovators, so professors from the university, can guide a, a company that can have success in the market. So on one side, our experience uh, in the international uh, research uh, community. On the other side, the fact that uh, the state started suggesting that it was something really, really good also for uh, professors. And uh, well, that's all. That's why that's how it happened. I'm here. <laughs> well, interestingly, um, in about, uh, almost 20 years ago, so 18 years ago, um, in the United States, I did something similar, and wow. it, was, it was very early. And but the university where I was teaching uh, um, allowed us to have a space like this on campus. Uh, we had a, a little house near campus, and so it was a tech company as well. I'll tell you about it sometime. But we created, yeah, for sure. yeah we created a, a software product to help keep campuses safer. Well, and um, it was it was a, it was a very exciting time, but like you said, it was back eighteen years ago. It was a highly unusual for a faculty member to do this, but it makes a lot of sense because, as you say, we're in the research, we're innovating anyway. We have connections on a broader scale, so I'm excited to see that this is happening um, here in Italy and um, a lot more commonly. So. Um, Let's talk a little bit more about your company and and how has it grown? When did you start AI Tech and and who are your customers now? It sounds like government is one of your customers, but I know you're actually a global company now. Well, yeah, uh, actually, even if our office uh, is uh, only here, the one where we are now uh, in Salerno, um, our uh, applications are sold worldwide. Uh, nowadays, are installed in more than 50 countries all around the world. That's impressive. And we are really, really happy about that. Uh, that's mainly thanks to partnership with the uh, technological partnership with the vendors, for instance, camera manufacturers video management and software vendors, uh, leaders worldwide in their respective field, supporting us in, uh, in selling our product. Uh, also, 
I, I say that we are considered somehow uh, like the F&D company of these big, big uh, vendors mm -hmm. that uh, thought, think that we are very, very good in what we do and then uh, understand that uh, in order to also sell their product, we can be a very important uh, adding uh, value. So our typical uh, customers are uh, smart city, in a smart city, so public administration, but also uh, in the security environments, some private uh, factors. Uh, we range from the house, uh, or from the small house, for instance, for intrusion detection, to the big city or to the big uh, farm. Uh, but also, uh, let me say, the companies managing uh, the roads uh, in transportation environment. We can also protect uh, airports, uh, metro station, uh, train station. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the, uh, the most important projects we developed during the COVID period during the pandemic was, for instance, the protection of a very important, uh, of the gates of a very important uh, transportation company in the north of Italy. Uh, we developed a system for the automatic detection of uh, the number of people inside the gate, so as to inform the customers uh, about uh, the crowded the density so and yeah. to decide, okay, let's like go later on there, probably I will go taking uh, my metro, my tram later on. Now that's more crowded. Yeah, that's fascinating. So what year did you start the company? Uh, well, 12 years ago. Wow, yes. 12 years ago. Yes. So, I'm, uh, yeah, the pandemic probably really did, you had a, some real opportunity there. So, especially in Milano, where it, it hit so hard initially. Mm -hmm. And um, so, uh, so uh, that's, that's fascinating. And so when things opened back up, I could decide whether to get on your train car because there would be a sign that would say there are X number of people. and help with some of the density of the... Yeah, I think that uh, the, well, it's not good, of course, to say that the pandemic gave us uh, an advantage. It was not an adv a technological advantage for us, but I think in general for the market. Right. During right. The, that period, a lot of demographic cameras for evaluating uh, the temperature of the people, uh, but also, let me say, the possibility to access to a place uh, only if, if, if equipped with mask, with yeah. mask uh, crowded detection or crowded environment. Uh, basically, in that period, uh, all the market the system integrators started to understand that it was the only market. They have no intuition detection. Uh, everybody was at home. 
it, yeah. it did not make really sense in that period to protect the apartment and was inside. But uh, it makes sense to protect, uh, to, to give access only if the face is covered by, by the mask and so on. So I think that in that period, uh, there were a change in the opinion of the persons right. in uh, working with AI. Right, right, exactly. I mean, we, you know, I was doing a lecture here yesterday at the University of Salerno, and I said we advanced 10 to 12 years in a few months, technologically and worldwide. And so, yes, at my university, for example, when we walked into the building, there was a stand and you had to put your face there and it took your temperature and, um, and it, it looked at your face to see whether you have your mask on. And that happened worldwide. And people would have been offended by that prior to the pandemic. But when the world opened back up, those were the kinds of tools that we needed to continue to move forward. And so the pandemic was a very interesting time. There were, there were lots of opportunities created. There were lots of other big challenges and companies that had, you know, that, that um, disappeared, I guess, during that time. But for AI, I can see people were much more accepting. Prior to that, there was probably a lot more fear associated with AI. Like, this is yeah. somebody watching me. Well, <laughs> uh, well, at the end, if we think, uh, in, uh, not really specifically to AI, but if we think that uh, uh, all the meetings were mainly face-by-face, -face, uh, often it happened that uh, I had to travel for eight hours just to do a yes. meeting of one hour yes. and then travel yes. back again. Now, you, you accept somehow uh, any kind of instrument for doing a call, not face-by-face, -face, but uh, behind the monitor. So now you accept this. Yes. It became, let me say, the new normality. For the AI, that's exactly the same. People started accepting AI in their uh, daily life. Yes, yes. So you're in 50 countries, you said, I think? Uh, yeah, yes. 54. 54, that's wonderful. Yeah. Well, congratulations on Thanks that. Now, tell me a little bit more about your team. Um, do you have, uh, most of your team is located here. Uh, yeah. and, and it's a research team, I assume, mostly. But tell me a little bit more about how you built this company, because for a lot of scientists, it's hard to build companies because they haven't been trained in that, they haven't been prepared. So I'm guessing the university and the incubator and other programs have helped you with that as well. Well, yeah. Uh, actually, our team is mainly composed by um, the scientific part, the scientific minds yes. behind, uh, let me say, of the, the human the, intelligence. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Using the artificial intelligence, intelligence the right. human intelligence, the, definitely the most important part of our team. Uh, we, there are also uh, the engineers uh, specialized in uh, AI development, in uh, web application development, full stack development. We have the support uh, team and the sales department, let me say. And uh, each of this part of the company, of course, is uh, fundamental for us in uh, its specific uh, 
Patagonia. But I would like to spend some more words about the co-founders of uh, the company, the co-founders of the company, uh, since I think that uh, the well, so the success of a company, one of the most important factors is uh, the team behind this. That's not so simple to have a company. There are moments, happy, happy moments, mm -hmm. and everyone are linked together in happy moments. That's a simple. In this moment, it's simple to have a company, it's simple to work together. That's a bit more difficult to work together and to stay together. Yes. Well, in the moment where things uh, do not go as you expect. Well, I mean, uh, I don't think that there are company or, uh, companies only having a happy moment. In any company, there are happy <laughs> moments and a bit less happy moments. But uh, one of the main strengths, okay, for sure the scientific background and the knowledge of our team is the main strength, but it's not the only one. Behind the knowledge, there are uh, people uh, and uh, having uh, some uh, colleagues, I'm very, very lucky from this point of view, because uh, together with my colleagues, we are also friends. Uh, we are not only colleagues. Uh, and uh, in the moment in which uh, one of us, uh, uh, come on, no, it's a bad period, all the others are there to support to help you, yeah. that, uh, that people. And this is uh, one of the best and uh, yeah, the best thing that uh, our team uh, has. We are very, very lucky in this. And uh, our uh, uh, one of our owners of this, the most expert, let me say, of uh, the company, uh, is uh, really a leader, uh, a motivator uh, from the uh, psychological, let me say, uh, point of view. And uh, yes. working with this kind of persons is definitely one of the most important things. I think that's so true, and that's such an important point. Um, you, you know, the, the leadership and the team that comes together is critical. I mean, you can have a great idea, great product, and a bad team can destroy it. Well, and you can have a moderate product and a great team can make it great. And I think that's such a good point. I also think it's, uh, the other important point that you brought up is having is people having different skills that they bring. So even though you're all scientific, some of you have different personalities and you have somebody on your team who is a motivator, positive, optimistic, that can help keep everybody going. And then there's probably somebody on the team that's more realistic and says, wait a minute, we have to think about this because you can't have everybody optimistic and everybody pessimistic. You have oh. to, it's the balance. Yes, it's the balance that makes a difference. So has the team stayed together from the start over 12 years or has it changed? Uh, well, it's uh, more or less uh, the same. Actually, I entered in this team in a second moment, together with some other colleagues. I was not here from the beginning. When the company has been founded, I was doing my PhD. I was very, very young. 
I decided to join the, the team and uh, the company a couple of years uh, after. So let me say, has changed just a little bit, a new person, including myself, at the end of the, the, the company. I thought you looked too young to be doing this <laughs> that long. So th this is um, this is just amazing and so impressive, and, um, and and I love it as somebody who's in the academic community, seeing entrepreneurship and and uh, the academic community come together and, and how this all works. You know, one of the big challenges, and you brought this up, somebody that you know, there's happy moments and there's bad, not not so happy. Moments. <laughs> so have there been times along the way that 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 you thought maybe it, this company wasn't going to make it or that something big happened that, that you wanted to just give up? Have there been any times along the way that you felt that way? Yeah. And how did you deal with that, if so? Well, what it happened once uh, and we had a lot of uh, applications, uh, really working applications, accurate applications, nice, uh, you you go to the customer for trying and selling the application and then one of the first questions is ah oh, very very nice very very nice application where did you already start it come on i'm a young company i haven't yet installations so i have no reference not so sure. ah come on please come to me once you will have reference and uh, this uh, time by time uh, at the beginning was uh, something uh, hard. I mean, everyone needs to start somewhere. somewhere. Yes. So I don't have installation. I can prove that my applications are really, really good. Please, come on, try this. So at the beginning was hard, but once we started with, uh, well, actually, some companies at the end trusted in us. And uh, once started in this way, then everything became more simple. But at the beginning, it seemed, okay, no already done installation. Come on, I don't want to work with you. Yes, yes. It's so hard for, uh, to, you have to get that first customer and prove that concept. Mm -hmm. And that's very hard. And uh, I, I imagine, uh, you know, I, I, cultures differ, uh, countries, areas differ in that. But trust is one of the most important elements. I did some research a few years back in the entrepreneurial mindset mm -hmm. and emotional intelligence space. And trust was identified as the top criterion. So, you know, a lot of, a lot of times when you're new, you haven't developed that confidence in what you're doing. And so selling and getting somebody to be that first customer can be really tough and getting that first installation, as you put it. Um, do you have somebody, do you, do you personally do sales? In other words, uh, does your, do your founders go out and sell the product or do you have a sales team? Well, we have, uh, we, we support the company as uh, advisors. Let me say yeah. that we have some persons of the company devoted to, to, to selling to sell yes. yeah, to go to the market, yes. But you, you probably, as the creators, the scientists, you have to occasionally step in and 
how to yes. sell. Basically, the, the minds uh, we talked about yes. before. Uh, yes. yes, yes, the minds behind it, absolutely. But selling is such an important part of a startup, and um, a lot of I think scientific researchers like myself and, and you, we don't always uh, we underestimate the importance of the mm -hmm. selling side. Uh, because it, taking a complex scientific uh, concept and simplifying it is probably one of the most challenging things to do, and um, and it's but it's so important and uh, so so critical. Well, let me uh, tell you a history about that because uh, at the beginning, uh, one of our first applications was uh, for intuition detection. So. Basically, there is a detection algorithm to identify the presence of a person and a tracking algorithm for extracting the trajectory of this person. Uh, we developed a very, very nice, accurate algorithm, but uh, only us, we were the only persons able to configure the application. <laughs> so we understood that, uh, okay. It will be accurate as much as we wish, <laughs> but at the end, it's not for us this application. And uh, okay, if you uh, if you are in the scientific community and you have to publish a paper, it doesn't matter if you are the only person able to configure yes, it. <laughs> but uh, if you move to the market, uh, and that's not true. Because at the end, if you sell, let me say, 3,000 licenses per year, you cannot be the person configuring the worldwide 3,000 licenses. You should spend your whole life in configuring. So probably something more closer to the customer and to the knowledge of the customers. Yes. Customers are not AI engineers, are not AI scientists. So they need to, the aim of a good application is to work well. Yes, that's not enough. It needs to be simple and simply usable from the customer side. They need to, to appreciate the speed so of aviation. So true. That is such an important point because it, when, when you understand something at a very complex level, making it simple enough for the customer to use and creating is, is what you have to do to create value because it's, it's about the customer. And that's one, one thing that I have seen that with a lot of scientists because we love the elegance of the complexity, but the customer does no, not at all. The customer wants to have a usable product. So... That is such a great story, and and uh, I know, you know, a lot of our listeners are students that are studying and taking what they're working on to the marketplace. So that's going to be a very important point, I think, for them to to hear. So, what is next for your company? Um, you, you're in 54 countries. You do a lot of work with municipalities and transportation and uh, with security. What? Where are you headed? Are, do you just Plan to keep growing that footprint. Are there what are what are some of the new innovations and things that you're working on that you can talk about? Uh, well, yeah, from uh, well, uh, for sure, we we hope to continue growing up 
as we did in uh, the last period. At the end, uh, seeing uh, our students that can grow up inside the company uh, with us, so from, uh, uh, let me say, maybe internship to employing, that's uh, one of the most important uh, uh, points uh, for, for us. So, uh, for sure, growing and also seeing uh, people growing with us. Nurturing is, their development, yes. That's great. That's wonderful. That's, uh, that's great. Um, also, I consider AETEC like a kind of uh, jewels. It's my jewels. So, uh, seeing that uh, uh, the application that we have thought uh, is really used uh, in US, in, in Australia, well, come on. <laughs> that's pretty that's, cool. Uh, that's yeah. cool. <laughs> that's really cool. It is. So it's something really, really exciting. It uh, it makes time. It I mean, it makes sense to to work until midnight. If at the end you will see this start at five a.m. or midnight. <laughs> yes, it's hard work, so but it makes it. Uh, it makes sense. It definitely at the end. Uh, make sense and uh, well then from a technical point of view we have still uh, a lot of things to, to put on the market i mean now we, we are working on uh, solutions for flood detection uh, for the protect protection of the roads for understanding that there is some water oh, on the road ice or water or and then it will be dangerous for mm -hmm. vehicles Cross uh, yes. there, yeah. Uh, so, mm, from a technical point of view, I mean, our game is to never start to always continue to, to do innovation. We, yes. we are innovators, yeah. so uh, already trying to solve new problems and also to solve better the problems that uh, we already solve. Let me say, we, we release at least a, a major release uh, for real. It means that we have changed the algorithm, the AI-based algorithm of BIAS. We have 20 applications, more or less. It means that uh, we have to, to focus on and to thought to 20 algorithms per year. That's, that's, that's a lot. Cool. That, yeah, but we enjoy in it, doing yes, that, yes. in doing this. Well, it's very exciting, and I know that I don't see that you will run out of opportunity for your company anytime soon, especially as technology is advancing. And I love that a big part of your mission is continuing to educate and develop in your company, not just at the university, but in your company. So. I have a passion for that as well. And that, that's very, very inspiring. So this has been wonderful. I would love to ask you, I asked all of my guests what what one piece of advice they would share with someone, because a lot of the listeners are where you were 10 years ago or so. Uh, so what what would what what advice would you give to someone who wants to go down this path? Well, uh, I think that uh, the most important advice that I feel to give is uh, choose the right uh, people to work with. Uh, together, you will leave great uh, idea and you, you will surely have success. But uh, 
nothing is possible alone. And the team, I mean, the sum of the single lens is definitely more than the real sum. So yes. do something together and choose the right people. Mm, that's such great advice. Such great advice. So thank you for sharing that. That's all about the people. You. This has been wonderful. Fun. Yes. So where can our listeners, if they're interested, find out more about your company? Perhaps even connect with you if they, if you are on social. Yeah, please. Uh, you can uh, add me on uh, LinkedIn. Please feel free to do it. My name is Alessia Sangese. And uh, you will find also the link of our company with uh, uh, www.itech.vision. Itech.vision. And I'll have that in the show notes as well. Thank you so much Thanks for spending the time with me. It was really a If you enjoyed this episode and would like to learn more about entrepreneurship, we would love it if you hit that subscribe button. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of InFactor.